0: I had a clip that I wanted to play for the opening, and it was from the new TV show on the DC Network. Uh, It's the Harley Quinn TV show. It's an animated series. And I can't stop fucking laughing, because I swear to God, Killer Shark, played by Ron Funches, could be the most hilarious new fucking character I've come across in a couple of years. It's XFL day. Let's go. what's up everybody it's your boy d roy find me on twitter at roy underscore 13 that is r-o-y d-a-w-g underscore one this is the delayed tuesday podcast for the xfl uh, we're going to go back and review what happened in week two uh, we'll do that real quick i have the spreadsheet completed So I have all the numbers ran, so I kind of want to get into there, give you kind of a heads up. It will be going out today, and it will be going out with the AFC and NFC East NFL depth charts. Let's not screw around. Let's get into the first game from Saturday. That was the New York Guardians at the D.C. Defenders. There's not really too much to really get into here, um, other than the fact that Matt McGloin really, really sucks. Um. I call him now the Nate Peterman of the XFL. Uh, If you watched that game at all or saw any highlights uh, or lowlights of Matt McCloy, then you know exactly what I was talking about. No real offense here. I did have Darius Victor uh, written down in the write-up. Unfortunately, he got hurt on a really nice run uh, for a first down. He coughed up the ball and... uh, and fumbled and then went out for most of the game that let uh, starter Tim Cook really just sit in there and run the rest of the offense uh, as far as the ground game but they got way behind um, but if you're watching and you saw what Tim Cook was actually doing uh, that was basically kind of a lighter version of what Darius, Darius Vic, Victor could have done um, so yeah, yeah very disappointing from that end uh, DC defenders, uh, where do we start? We started the defense. I mean, it, it's either the two opponents that they played or it's just that this defense is really good. I think it's a mix of both. Um, LA, when they went through their defensive coordinator change, uh, firing Pepper Johnson, they also decided that they didn't want their best uh, starting linebacker in Anthony Johnson, and they actually. Had traded him to DC, um, shoring up and what I thought was an actually really good linebacking core to a really fucking good linebacking core. So, um, DC defenders should be able to continue this trend. It's just going to be whether or not the price is going to actually dictate whether or not we fade them um, and go with other options. Uh, for the, like I said, there was nothing really on the New York Guardians. Nothing I think we can really take away uh, as far as the receivers are concerned. Mikel McKay uh, was the guy that um, Matt McGloin really wanted to go after, um, but that failed. It wasn't on McKay's side either. These passes were just errant as fuck. But any which way. Let's get over to the D.C. Defenders. Uh, Donald Pumphrey and... Jerry L. Presley actually split most of the carries. It was tw- uh, 12 to 11 advantage for Pumphrey. Uh, Pumphrey actually did more with it um, and seemed to be the guy that DC is really preferring to have out there. Whether or not we like Presley's upside, um, if they're going to run Pumphrey out there as much as they are and if they're going to th- if Cardell Jones is going to trust him more in the short passing game, I think we have to just consider that maybe Pumphrey is the guy to go with. Um now like I said they are splitting carries, so it may be a situation that we want to kind of, you know, back away from here for a week or two, but I think if they end up with the match the correct matchup, um definitely uh, we'll look to Pumphrey, I think, before we look to Presley, uh, depending on price too, of course, if you're getting, you know, if Pumphrey's in the top five and Presley's getting dropped down into say, you know, a price point where he's like the 20th price run, you know, 15th to 20th price running back, then maybe there's something to consider there. Uh, but we did have Cardell Jones, 276 yards, two touchdowns, really bad interception, uh, trying to force the ball in there um, But overall, you know, really good day Really solid day He's going to be a guy that's going to be completely solid um, This offense isn't really running on all cylinders um, But they are definitely the best prepared team out there From an offensive standpoint With uh, co- head coach uh, Pep Hamilton calling the plays Um I had written down Eli Rogers as a wide receiver target. He was not bad. He had eight targets. He was second to only DeAndre Tompkins, which is really odd um, considering the fact that, you know, Tompkins was coming back from injury. And the weird thing is, is And what I'll have to take a look into um, for the Friday update is I really need to see if Tompkins is the actual starter over Malachi Dupree, and I think he is. So I might actually just go ahead and change that today. Um, Dupree was barely involved whatsoever. Uh, The main guys that were getting targeted were Tompkins, Rogers, and Rashad Ross. Rashad Ross having the most yardage on the day on four receptions. He had 95 yards on five targets. Uh, Tompkins was the guy with the touchdown. Six receptions for 92 yards on nine targets. So, yeah, it's probably time for me to just move Tompkins up there. Um, and that's kind of my my bad. He was at a really big discount uh, this last week because he wasn't starting. And I kind of missed the boat on that one. So we'll get her. We'll get her once all these injuries kind of get through. Um, Pumphreys was the most involved running back in the passing game. Um, Kari Lee had a touchdown, had it taken away for offensive pass interference. Uh, A couple plays later, they went back to uh, Hayward, the other tight end. Derek Hayward. And he stole our points, so that's what happened in there. Um, I would have been happy, actually, because Presley, I believe, if I remember correctly, was actually in on that play, uh, or actually on the field at that time, and I was just kind of hoping for that cheap touchdown, which definitely would have put him up above Pumphrey. But uh, takeaways, defense, really good. Offense, uh, really good. Uh, can be even better. Um, it's not really running at its full potential. So <clears throat> definitely uh, uh, we will always consider D.C. Uh, for every single week until further notice. Um, they are the one of the two 2-0 two teams other than, say, the Houston Roughnecks. Uh, the late Saturday game was the Tampa Bay v- Vipers at the Seattle Dragons. Not much going on here except for defense. I did call out uh, the Seattle Dragons defense as a cheap option. Worked out. They were one point below uh, what the D.C. defenders scored, and that would have allowed to have paid up for other wide receivers, um, which we'll get to in the other games. But uh, there was no Aaron Murray in this game, and you can definitely tell. I don't think you can deny... Now that the Vipers, they are 0-2. But this offense was working better with Aaron Murray under center than it is with Taylor Cornelius or Quentin Flowers being under there. Uh, Flowers is a nice change of pace, but it works a lot better with Murray uh, being the guy that he's replacing, not Taylor Cornelius. So. Um, very very sloppy game. Running game did get going here. Now everybody's you know got this hard on for Devion Smith, but uh, Patrick uh, uh, Jacques 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 Patrick, um, the backup. uh, They're splitting the carries here too. Uh, Patrick actually had fourteen carries. Compared to Smith's 11, he was doing a little bit more with it, running for 73 yards at a 5.2 uh, per carry clip uh, versus Smith's 46 yards on four po- at a 4.2 average. So they're going to be splitting it a little bit, um, probably for the foreseeable future. It's going to kind of be who's got who's running the hot hand. That's kind of what we have to look at here, but Smith is a starter, so it is what it is. Uh, receiving, Reese Horn was your yardage leader and actually your target leader at eight. Uh had five receptions for 51 yards. There's not really a huge amount that you could take out of this because he had the backups in versus having Murray in there. Um but you had, you know, the quarterbacks are still going to Nick Truesdell, so he's still a good play. Although I'd probably back off a little bit on the offense, depending upon what team they're, they're facing. Um, but Truesdell had five targets. He had four receptions for 29 yards. Uh, the best outside receiver was Dan Williams, uh, who I had in there. It didn't work out. Four targets. Three receptions, 22 yards, not a great day. Uh, running backs were kind of involved, but not really all that much. Um, tight end, other any other tight end? No, it's just Truesdale, really. That's, that's the only really good thing about Truesdale um, is the fact that he is the top option as far as the tight ends. They don't really go to the other guys. Uh, Seattle Dragons side, You had a split, a three-way split, and it was pretty even at running back uh, between uh, Farrell, Gardner, and Trey Williams. That's one of the things that I was worried about um, going into the week, and it came true. You had... 11 attempts by Williams for 45 yards, 10 attempts by Farrell for 45 yards, 10 attempts by Gardner for 27 yards. So Farrell and Williams were definitely getting the job done a bit more. Um, I'm kind of surprised. That they, well, actually, they ran a hell, hell of a lot between the three, but um kind of surprised they didn't get away at all. Silver's just as terrible at quarterback. you got to be really careful with him. 7 of 18 for 91 yards. Um, one TD and one interception. This Vipers team is actually not really a team that you want to use your opposing offense against. Um, and I believe the Vipers defense actually scored pretty well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, actually, I'll take a look at that right now. So, let's see how week two. Yeah, they scored 14 points, um, which is down from the week before. Uh, with the Guardians, but uh, or uh, the DC Defenders, but um, yeah, definitely dragons. Dragons and Vipers seem to be the teams to really attack with your defense right now. Um, receiving, you had Keenan Reynolds. Keenan Reynolds was the top guy. Uh, three receptions had a long, long sixty-eight yard touchdown. Uh, so he had three receptions on eight targets for eighty-seven yards. Um, that's really about the only thing good that came out of that passing offense. So, Seattle and Tampa Bay, definitely two teams to write down uh, as teams that we really want to target week in and week out um, until further notice. Um, That could change, but... I mean, for right now, why, why would you not just go with the obvious play if we have it? And you'll see that if you go to the defensive, uh, tab of the spreadsheet, um, I do have the week one stats, the week two stats, and then it's averaged out. Um, you'll have, you'll see where they went up, where they went down in terms of, uh, yardage and points allowed for week to week. And then you'll have the average ranked out, um, which, you know, the average ranking out and the points scored is always up on the front page. Um, I should mention this now, uh, <clears throat> added, a, added another little thing to the yardages allowed, uh, section, which is to the right of DVP. Um, you're going to have total rushing yards allowed with that rank, and then and that's right above your running back um, statistics, and then it's going to have your breakdown for your running back rushing yards out of there. So you can kind of see if the rushing yards are actually coming from the running back position, or if they're coming or if you're getting a lot of um, rushing yards coming from either the wide receiver or the quarterback. So um, It's just trying to kind of split it out kind of you know hone it in a little bit more um it should be pretty understandable you know what's going on in there and then of course it's color-coded for the rankings um sunday games Had the dallas renegades at the los angeles wildcats this was the first game back for landry jones wasn't terrible wasn't great i think um Probably right on par with first game, although I would have liked to have seen him cut down on the interception. Um, 28 of 40 for 305 yards. He's the first quarterback this year to throw for 300, um, and that cannot be dismissed. He threw for a touchdown and two interceptions. Uh, the running game was really involved this week with Cameron Artis-Payne leading the way. But who, of course, took Lance Dunbar? I did. Um, 14 attempts, 99 yards for a 7.1 average for Artist Payne. Uh, the two touchdowns were killers. Lance Dunbar, six carries, 42 yards, seven yards per carry. Um, no touchdowns. That really killed my Lance Dunbar love um the thing that really that really sucked about that too was the fact that Lance Dunbar was on the field near the goal line and then they pulled him out and put Artis paint in there so I think they're more comfortable having Artis Paint at the goal line uh so really going forward it's going to be Cameron Artis Payne in this lineup And then you had, of course, Landry Jones had a couple of yards, but that was it. So, Artis Payne and Dunbar, they're going to split carries. It's going to be whoever gets the hot hand, too, in my opinion. Um, but like I said, I think Artis Payne is really going to get those goal line touches. Um, receiving. Wide receivers were kind of all over. You had uh, Crockett with two receptions for 57 yards. You had uh, Jeff Bidette who was the lead uh, target guy for the wide receivers with nine targets. He had six receptions for 53 three yards. That is the guy that Jones wants to get involved. I'm not upset about picking Bidette. That's what I knew was going to happen. Um, that was the wide receiver that he was really going to go for first. Um, the thing I really missed on was uh, Flynn Nagel. He only had uh, three targets, two receptions for 13 yards. Reason why? They went to the tight end position. This is going to end up going back to what I always preach this last season uh, for NFL where it's my belief in a lot of matchups that if your slot receiver tight end have a good matchup across the middle then it's then it's possible for vice versa slot receivers in a good spot your tight end should be in a good spot too because they're running they're running just about the same routes with the crossing patterns um in the in and outs but uh donald parham was the top Uh, Target this week, 11 targets, five receptions, 76 yards, and a touchdown. He just missed the cut on the write-up. I went with Sean Price instead. I was struggling between Sean Price and Donald Parham. Donald Parham might, might be Landry Jones's guy. So we got to pay attention to that. Um, It's another good matchup this week. You're going to get a discount on Parham, except uh, uh, on FanDuel, he's actually top price tight end at $16. Um, We're going to have to take a look in there uh, because he's got a really good matchup this week, and it might actually benefit us to switch over to price or go back to price instead of going to Parham as a one-off, but, uh, yeah, running backs were involved, uh, five receptions for each, uh, Dunbar and Payne, uh, 34 yards for Dunbar, 32 yards for Payne. So they were definitely active in the passing game and should continue to be involved, uh, week in and week out. Uh, switching to the LA side, uh, was a little careful with Josh Johnson. I didn't want to really want to recommend him, um. Although it was, you know, a decent matchup on paper, but I didn't really want to push it on there because uh, you never knew what you're going to get. Jones. Jones was Landry. Jones was a little bit safer, in my opinion, of a guy. You know, quality quality quarterback. At least for this league, is a quality quarterback. But um, it really. I was worried whether or not Josh Johnson was actually going to run. He didn't really run at all. Um, he did have four attempts, but it was only for three yards. So uh, Elijah Hood is definitely your your lead ball carrier for the Wildcats. Um, so if he ends up in really good matchups, um, he is somebody to consider. His price actually should come down, I would think. Um Based on the fact that, you know, there's a lot of other running backs that everybody's kind of strafing towards. But um, actually, back to Josh Johnson. 18 for 34, 196 yards and two touchdowns. It was very good. He did have a costly fumble. Uh, so did Elijah Hood. Uh, each of them down by the goal line. So they need to really clean that up. Uh, definitely the guy that. Josh Johnson's looking for this whole L.A. Wildcats offense is looking for is Nelson Spruce out of the out of the slot. He's showing himself to be the best wide receiver in the league. Uh, six receptions on nine targets for 89 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Smallwood was behind him uh, with four receptions on six targets for 32 yards. So uh, Spruce really kind of put on the afterburners for one of his touchdowns so um that's why there's such a disparity in the in the yardage otherwise you know those six receptions if he didn't have the 44 yarder you'd be looking about 50 yards in there so him using his ability to get away from defenders is huge and then um what i found out during the game broadcast is that I knew Nelson Spruce was on the LA Rams, right? I never re- I never realized that Josh Johnson cuz he's been on so many teams. He's been on 13 fucking NFL teams in 12 years. So I mean, I guess I should have just thought maybe at one point he was on the LA Rams at some point. Those two used to be freaking practice buddies, workout buddies. So they have a really big connection. So we need to pay attention. We need to pay attention to that. I need to pay better attention to that. Um, but now, I think that, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, Nelson Spruce is going to always be kind of one of those, uh, one of the wide receivers that you're really going to look for. I do have a bad matchup actually this week, um, but. If you're going to pick one wide receiver off of LA to try and you know bring the team back, it's going to be Nelson Spruce. Uh, nothing else really else really going on. Uh, a couple of target, couple of targets for the tight end Barnes. Uh, two ta- uh, two receptions on three targets for 23 yards. Everybody else just kind of wow. Running back's not really involved in the passing game uh, too much, so. It's pretty much going to be Josh Johnson. Um, Josh Johnson and Nelson Spruce, and then you got Elijah Hood. That's kind of what this team is. Um, maybe sprinkling in some Jordan Smallwood only when it's a good matchup. But uh, last but certainly not least was the best game of the weekend. Um, I don't think anybody can really argue that, and that was the... Um, St. Louis Battlehawks at the Houston Roughnecks. Uh, I think a lot of people really went with the Houston defense based on you know when they were playing LA, and I thought that was foolish, so I did not include them. Um, it was kind of hard to decide where I wanted to. Go outside of running Backs which I'm just kind of staying I was just kind of staying away from Against the Roughnecks um, Matt Jones was the lead ball Carrier uh, 16 attempts uh, For 44 yards but at a 2.8 clip You can't run on Houston We can't run on Houston Christian Michael Was right behind him with 15 carries For 38, 38 yards For a 2.5 clip Woof Woof. The only they did get a rushing touchdown, but that came off from uh Tiamu. So um and Tiamu Tiamu was the best at eight eight rushing attempts for thirty two yards, uh four yard per carry, and the touchdown. So <clears throat> get a quarterback that can move against Houston. That's kind of where my where my thinking was at. Um it was pretty much this game had the same thought process as the week before. Um, facing Houston, but uh LA I didn't know Kanoff could run, but uh definitely I knew last week that with Josh Johnson not being in there that you're always gonna start your you're pretty much always gonna start a defense against a backup quarterback, right? Because these aren't NFL these aren't NFL starters that are starting for any of these teams. They're guys that could make that could end up being backups, but not week to week starters. So you have to look at it as okay if I if I don't have if a team doesn't have their starting quarterback who is only as good as a backup quarterback in the NFL how good is the backup to the NFL backup if that makes sense like you're getting progressively worse the, the guys that are starting are the best of the best for their teams so when you get behind them you you have to consider starting the defense against them that was the whole process behind seattle's defense and i heard on the radio that you know people went back to the well on tampa bay vipers why why would you play why would you play the team with a backup quarterback it was just a it was the simplest play i don't know i don't know but uh Tiaba was good out there, uh, 30 for 37, 81% completion percentage, 284 yards, um, three touchdowns, two interceptions, I'll give them that. They were way behind in, um, what was it? It was like 21 to 6, I think, at one point. So, I mean, they fought their way back. The, the team, you know, I don't know how good it really is, but uh, they're fighters. They'll if Tayamu pushes, you know, pushes them forward. They'll work. They'll they'll definitely follow their leader. That's a young kid too. That is a 22 year old kid. Remember, um, wide receivers. You had uh, Washington, uh, Washington, uh, six receptions on eight targets for 77 yards and a touchdown. Uh, DeMorte Pearson L, the guy I wrote up, uh, nine receptions on 11 targets for 50 yards and a touchdown. Alonzo Russell was the other guy that I wrote up. Should have went with Washington. I'll fully admit that. I'll fully admit that. Um, five receptions on six targets for 42 yards. So not, you know, not too, still not too bad. Um, then you had Mumphrey. Mumphrey got involved in there. Um, so it's pretty much you know four guys that got involved, most of it coming from the three starters. Uh, running backs, he do, He still is not really throwing to the running backs at all. He's not really getting his tight end involved either. Kind of shit on his tight end. And you're looking at three receptions on three targets for 24 yards as a total. So um, <coughs> there's not really much there for the tight end position. Uh, we move over to the Houston side, and uh, PJ Walker. <coughs> listen to the spreadsheet, of course, is Philip Walker, which is his god given name. The parents gave him that name. Uh, Look good again, twenty for thirty one. Didn't have as, nearly as many yards. He had hundred and seventy yards, but he had the three touchdowns, no interceptions. That is great. Um, his main guy is, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, is Cam Phillips. I don't know where this connection is coming from, but they must be where, obviously, they're working together pretty much exclusively. Um, you know after practice before practice something like that um because they have a really deep connection and I don't think anybody can deny it cuz I mean you're looking at eight receptions on 10 targets for 63 yards with the three touchdowns next closest guy was the guy I wrote up was Keenan Lewis uh four receptions on seven targets uh for 50 yards um and then actually, Nick Holly actually was third in line uh, for target share. Three receptions on five targets for 41 yards. Sammy Coates, uh, one reception for four yards. Or one reception on four targets for eight yards. Um, yeah, nobody else to really write home about. Butler was, you know, had two receptions on two targets for negative three yards. <laughs> Did get a touchdown, though, on the ground, which was good. Um Uh, yeah, I don't know why they didn't run a little bit more on St. Louis. It was kind of weird. Um, touchdown was really kind of saving, but, uh, yeah, I mean, St. Louis is definitely a a team that you want to kind of take a look at for attacking with running back because they do allow touchdowns in there, but, um, yeah, I missed. I kind of missed with Butler. It was really the Cam Artis Payne show. You had to, here's what you needed to have to win a GPP. And the funny thing is, is my my best lineups from week one to week two. I think I had it was like it. It was week one was terrible. It was like fifty five, sixty points somewhere in there. Um, week two, I was. Somewhere around, you know, low nineties uh, to just uh, to about a hundred, and that I actually had faded Spruce and Phillips, and I think the winning the winning lineup ended up at somewhere around like one hundred forty-five points. So I didn't have Cam Artist Payne, uh, Nelson Spruce, or Cam Phillips, and you're telling me I got I. Came within 40 points. I had a 40-point improvement, 40, 40-plus, 40 and then I'm only 40 points behind first place. All right, there's improvement then. And I can see the needle going up. Continue the process. We'll get there. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll look ahead. I'll kind of give you the early rundown here. Uh, we do not have any betting lines open yet. Um, so I'll kind of give you spots that we will be definitely looking to target. All right. Um, running down, we start with Houston at Tampa Bay. Uh, not really anything other than say the Houston defense that sticks out. Um, first and foremost, they're going to be the highest priced defense on DK for the four game slate. Remember, FD is separated by Saturday and Sunday because we can't obviously get a good four game slate because that would make too much fucking sense. Hmm. On the other side, what the Tampa Bay Vipers are facing, they're facing, um, the team that gives up the most points to quarterbacks, and now that is based off of primarily what we saw last week with Tiamu. So we need to be really careful with that if we're going to go back if Aaron Murray is starting this week. But I will tell you this. Nobody's going to play Vipers. So I may play a Viper lineup. I may play it with Murray. I may play it with one of the wide receivers. Say Dan Williams or Reese Horn, something like that. Wide receivers are in a really good spot. Running backs, nope. Wide receivers. Tight end, nope. Defense, nope. We're on to Dallas at Seattle. That's your late Saturday game. Uh, Let's see, Renegades... Renegades quarterback, no. Uh, running back, maybe. Maybe. Uh, wide receiver, no. Uh, tight end, yes. or mm, Price, or Price. Might go back. Might go back. Renegades defense is definitely in play. Um, seventh. In dvp they're giving up seattle's giving up 18 points per game to defenses other side let's take a look here brandon silvers is actually in a good a decent spot but i don't think i'm gonna go there uh running backs whew, horrible 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 um i gotta find out what's going on with kasan williams because or Kason williams whatever the fuck his name is um because he lists him on the depth chart, but, of course, he's not getting any targets. So, obviously, he's not playing, but nobody's saying anything. I don't know. But uh, Keenan Reynolds definitely going to be in play again. Uh, I would probably look at Austin Prohl in here. Austin Prohl. Austin Prohl. Let's see here. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Austin Prohl would basically be fitting right into the Nelson Spruce uh, spot. So definitely in play. Uh, Tight ends for Seattle. Eh, They don't really do anything too much. They have a decent spot, but I don't know if I'm going to go there. Dragons defense, eh, no. Uh, New York has St. Louis. Uh, It's your early Sunday game. Uh, Back on ESPN. Uh, Let's see here. Ugh. Ugh, Matt McClellan? oh, uh, maybe. No, 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 no. I want to find out what's going on with Darius Vic- Victor, see if he's got any injuries um, going on there. Um, St. Louis doesn't really give up a lot of yardage to the running backs on the ground. Um, receiving yards is 33.5. It's one of the best marks, you know, in receiving. Uh, for the second best, but uh, they're number one in rushing uh, defense. But they give up points to the running backs, and that's something that you got to look at. That means that they give up points at the goal line. Um, So Tim Cook might be in play. Tim Cook might be in play. Wide receivers, I'm not fucking touching this. I fucked up, too, with the Colby Pearson thing. I thought he was the slot receiver. He's actually the op- guy opposite of Mikhail McKay. And it's Austin Duke in the middle. Um, backed up by Joe Horn. So though, uh, Duke and Horn are your slot guys. Um, Duke's not going to show any points. These are also their uh, returner, too. So... Um, Joe Horn's a little bit more involved in the passing game. Tight end, no. Uh, defense, no. Uh, Battlehawks, a lot of people are going to go back to Tiamu. Uh, uh, I probably will look at Tiamu. Um, DraftKings probably more than FanDuel. It's a middle-of-the-road matchup The Guardians are fourth um, in DVP on both DK and FD, 15.78 points allowed to the quarterback. That's a two-game, but they got worse in this last one because Cardell Jones was a lot better um, than Aaron Murray. They got the scoring in there. Passing yards allowed, 272 uh, per game, Uh, seventh seventh best so second worst in the league so yeah we're definitely going to consider tiamu um as far as the running backs are concerned wow they allow they allow a lot of running to RBs are eighth in the league so we might have to make a Christine Michael and Matt Jones decision in there. Uh, wide receivers are in play. This whole offense is fucking in play, except for the tight ends. If they're not going to go to the tight ends now, I'll have to take a look at the Marcus Lu- Lucas. Uh, Take a look and see what his points were. I have it right here. I don't know why I'm just not going to go look. Uh, Battlehawks, Battlehawks. Where the fuck are my Battlehawks? Do 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 do, 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 do. Mm. Lucas had six point six FD points. It had eight FD points after week one. Uh, hmm. Huh, huh, huh. He's a cheap option, although he's the number one tight end on FanDuel. I would not pay that fucking price. But that forty one hundred on DK. It's pretty good savings, so I'll consider it. Uh, Battlehawks defense, yeah, yeah they're going to have to be in play against Matt McLoyne. 3,700 on, um, on DK for fifth, so yeah, you're getting a hell of a savings there. Uh, Sunday late game is going to be the DC defenders at Los Angeles Wildcats. Um, Cardell Jones, <laughs> hey, the offense is back in play. Cardell Jones, um, Running backs are definitely in play. Um, This might be where you go Pumphrey. Yeah, there's not much of a chance. Pumphrey's actually cheaper on FanDuel than Presley. So there's your running back guy on the two-game slate right there. That's Pumphrey right there. It's going to be pump free on the Sunday slate. So, uh, DraftKings, he's 7K's fourth. Uh, Presley is fifth at 6,800. Um, definitely take a look in there. Um, I need to change this here real quick. Uh, I'm doing my DeAndre Tompkins switch while I'm here. Um, put him back in as the number one. As the number one. And move Malachi Dupree to a backup role. Da-da-da-da-da. Boop. All done. Um, wide receivers are going to be in play. You're going to have Tompkins, Rodgers, and Ross all in play. Um, Rodgers actually could have had a touchdown. He dropped it, so that's a big deal. Uh, Kari Lee is going to be in play. Um, they definitely are trying to get him involved. Hell of a good price on DK. 3700 bucks for a 32nd. Um of course remember there's no tight ends on DK, so it's wide receivers. That's how they get kind of lost in the shuffle. Um number one price tight end on FanDuel at fourteen dollars. So yeah. And then DC Defenders defense, yeah, yeah, they're playing against LA. Um but I might be careful, a little bit careful with this. Um because I do kind of like Josh Johnson, but um, you're gonna pay a hell of a price, forty seven hundred on for second. Uh, that would definitely be your if you're playing cash, that would be your cash game defense, but um as far as the LA Wildcats are concerned, you're looking at um, you're looking at maybe Elijah Hood and that's about it. Not a whole hell of a lot else that I would really consider over here, so but uh, yeah, definitely uh, take a look at the at the spreadsheet. like I said, go to the defensive tab and you can see all the numbers, how they dropped and where they went up, uh, new averages and how the ranks shift from week to week um, on all categories, not just the points scored. So you'll have you know pass, uh, rushing yards allowed, passing yards allowed, um, including your breakdowns for the running back, rushing yards and receiving. And wide receiver receiving yards, tight end receiving yards, um, all that is included on there. So, and that is hand broken down by me personally. I'm not having a computer do it, I'm not taking that off of any type of website. Uh, before we get out of here, let's kind of go through some of the uh, leaders here for the offense. Uh, passing your top five starts at top. Cardell Jones, five hundred eleven yards. Jordan Te- Teamu with four ninety three. PJ Walker at four forty two. Brandon Silver's at three oh eight. Landry Jones at three oh five. After one week, he's in the top five. Rushing, your top rusher is Matt Jones uh, with one hundred twenty nine yards. Devion Smith at one twenty five. Jordan Teamu, the quarterback, one hundred nine. That's why I like Tiamo. Cameron sardis Payne at 105. He had 99 yards last week, remember? Uh, And Jacques Petrick at 105. Your receiving leaders at the top, LA Wildcats, Nelson Spruce, 192 yards. DC Defenders wide receiver, Rashard Ross, 147 yards. Uh, Dan Williams from the Tampa Bay Vipers at 145. Cam Phillips in fourth with 130. And Eli Rogers with 122 for the DC Defenders. Um, if you want to get into defense here, um, yeah, your top tacklers. DeMarquise Gates of the Houston Roughnecks with 11. Uh, tied for with him is Seattle Dragons linebacker Stevie Johnson. You got Will Hill. He's a defensive back uh, for the St. Louis Battlehawks. Uh, Ten tackles. Uh, Cody Brown for the Houston Roughnecks with ten. New York Guardians. Bunmi Rotimi with ten. I like that guy. He's really good. He's got a high motor. Um, Sacks. West Sutton of the New York Guardians with two. Latroy Lewis tied with him uh, from the Houston Roughnecks with two. Uh, Steven Williams of the Seattle Dragons, one and a half. Anthony Johnson of the D.C. Defenders, one and a half. And DeMarquise Gates of the Houston Roughnecks with one. Interceptions all tied with one. Uh, we're not going to get into that. Ooh, do we got special teams? What's special teams? Ooh, ooh. Uh, Return yardage. Keith Mumphrey, St. Louis is your leader at 168. Austin Duke for the New York Guardians with 150. Levante Woodfield, also known as Kermit, from the L.A. Wildcats, 141. Uh, Martez Carter, the Wildcats, 135. And John Santiago, from the seattle dragons with 117 now here's the field goals made this is kind of what i like to look at here austin mcginnis of your dallas reneg of the dallas renegades is your leader um with five field goals made ty rossa of dc defenders also hit with five and then it kind of goes down low uh andrew franks nick no andrew franks of the Tampa Bay vipers nick novak of the la wildcats and, yes, that is the Nick Novak. And then Sergio Castillo of the Houston Roughnecks, all tied with two. Uh, your best punter is by far going to be Marquette King of the St. Louis Bar- Battle Cats with a 47.2 average. Drew Gallitz of the Dallas Reddegas with 45.3. Hunter Niswanda of the D.C. Defenders, 45.3. Austin Reccoe. Of the Houston Rough Decks with 44.8. And Justin Vogel, yes, the Justin Vogel of the New York Guardians with 43.2. That is your XFL Week 2 review. And take a look ahead for Week 3. I will have the spreadsheet out here in a couple of minutes. Um, I'll have that all emailed out. With your NFL depth charts for the NFC and AFC East. And also, it's going to be a double-dip day. I'm going to have an NFL uh, podcast out today. So we'll be covering that AFC and NFC North uh, depth charts. Working our way ever so diligently towards the NFL draft in two, in two months. Um, we'll be looking ahead towards free agency and all that jazz. So uh, until I talk to you later, actually today, guys have a good one and uh yeah fuck it just have a good fucking day jesus christ leave me the fuck alone